Just another brother off the boat. You ain't for the family, guess it shows. All these friends are low key like my foes. No, I don't wanna talk, I want the smoke. Hey, hey, just another brother off the boat. You ain't for the family, guess it shows. All these friends are low key like my foes. No, I don't wanna talk, I want the smoke. Finally tried that, uh, the. Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh wow, bro, it's bruh, good. It's you have to get the spicy one, but like that spicy chicken sandwich from Popeye's is the greatest fast food chicken sandwich of all time. No way, Chick Fil A ain't got a chance. I'm telling you, <laughs> it hurts me to say it. Dang, but it is. Oh, you have to get the spicy one though, dog. That good? Is, oh my, the bread, the chicken, big old giant piece of chicken. But isn't it just bread and chicken? No, they have this spicy mayo on there, which is fire. And Ooh. then the pickles. Oh, pickles. I don't know, man. It's pickles just, and chicken. It just, my wife even slightly enjoyed it, which is telling you something. She's not a big chicken fan. Slightly enjoyed it. Yeah, man. <laughs> but I anyway. It. I love it. So, uh, what up, y'all? What's up? Welcome back to the Preacher's Hour podcast. Yes, we are back. Um, are we going to have an episode not this coming week, but the week after, or are we just going to take a break because you got to go to camp? I don't know. I think we should, well, because we did to record twice. Yeah, I'm not trying to do that. I really, I don't know. I think it would be really hard. I mean, our conversations are already super long. Right. And then to try to, to do, do that twice. One? Yeah, I don't think so. So, we may or may not we have We may or may not have an episode after this one. <clears throat> Maybe I'll get a guest. I don't know. Maybe I'll try to convince John or somebody to come. Oh, that would be dope. That would be cool. Have somebody a guest else replacement. Yeah. Dope. But uh, hope you guys are having a good week. Yes. So far. Oh, introductions. Oh, yeah. Good idea. So uh, I'm Jeff Copeland. Yes. Uh, my birthday's coming up. Whoa, February, whoa. February Let's 21st, go. First, if you want to just cash up your boy. Hey, Some birthday love. Throw in the cash app. You What's your saying? cash tag? You never know. I have happen. no idea what my cash tag is. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't use it that much. The only time I use it is to help you out. You are terrible. Yeah. I don't remember. I know. I should know your cash app, though. <laughs> But yeah, we'll find it. We'll put it in the link below in the, uh, in the podcast. <laughs> so if you want to shout out to uh, Jeff Copeland, hey man, I'm just gonna do this because your birthday's coming up, and we're not probably gonna, not gonna have the podcast, and I'm sad about that. But it's okay because I got something for you that I feel like would bless your soul. Is that that soul. new birthday song? What What else would it be? <laughs> what else would it be, Jeffrey Copeland? What else would it be? All right. Somebody's birthday. Yeah. Hey. I heard it was somebody's birthday. Let's go. PJ Penner birthday song. Hey, hey. Yeah. Today is your birthday. We gon' say it loud. Let's go. Today is your birthday. Hey. Go, Jeffrey. Go, Jeffrey. Hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy birthday, Jeff. I had to wow. throw that in there for you one time, my boy. Man, trap just makes everything better. Doesn't it though? Introduce yourself, man. So I'm Brandon Jackson. I'm the greatest hype man in the world. <laughs> uh, I I am really excited. I mean, I just think about this is episode twenty one. Wow, man, twenty one, twenty one. But I, it's amazing, bro. Um, I am honored to do this with you, bro. Oh man, that like makes me feel so good. Thank I'm, you. I'm really honored. <laughs> really honored to do it with you too, bro. <laughs> Uh, just our our relationship, our friendship has just mm, grown, man. Totally, totally. Because of this, 
this podcast and um, the fact that we have to hang out at least once a week um, yeah. <laughs> to keep this going. Yeah, man. But I love our conversations, man. And you, you challenged me a lot, mm. um, not only in in podcasting or like you know researching, but challenged me in like studying scripture. You mm. challenged me in like different way, different ways to view things, even our. Which is really don't we hardly ever disagree. We hardly ever. Disagree. I know that's so crazy. But my wife gets so mad about it. <laughs> you guys always think the same. <laughs> I forgot who said it. Somebody was like, "You guys are just kindred spirits, like separated at birth." <laughs> kindred spirits. I don't even know what that means, but sure. Uh, but no, it's real, bro. Yeah. But no, I, I, dude, you have kept me super sharp. Oh, um, you know, we we say you. that sharp iron sharpens iron. But like we really don't like take it serious. Mm. But I, I definitely feel I would not be anywhere near where I'm at right now if it wasn't for our conversations and our friendship and just stuff like that. Dude. For real, for real, man. I love so, you, bro. Love you too, man. In the spirit <laughs> of Valentine's, no, man. I'm love you to death. Uh, so you anyway, are my Jonathan. Oh gosh. <laughs> All right. You are not David. No. <laughs> I thought about that, and I was like, he's gonna mention the fact that I made myself. You David. made yourself David. <laughs> Um, so, uh, our episode today, I think it's a really cool topic. There's a million ways we could go with it. Um, but it's just a question that I thought of yesterday that God kind of put in my head. Like, what is the future of the church? Mm -hmm. So I feel like in a lot of our episodes, we've talked about things that we aren't big fans of or things that we feel like, you know, we should stop doing that. True. But we haven't really focused on like what should we be doing now but more importantly like what is this whole thing called church gonna look like man in 20 years real you know question what I'm 2040 like what are we gonna be what are we gonna I be doing we're gonna be crazy. 50 years old the fact that that's even a statement right 2040 2040 i didn't what? think 2020 would come when i was a kid i was like dude when barbara walters was doing the 2020 2020 <laughs> holy yeah that was a good show that was um but like just just there's so many ways we could go with this and and uh uncle i was like just forecast that's what your job with this is like mm. you're like a weatherman like i'm not we're not going to be like giving like just straight up prescriptions like answers this is what you need to be doing right, the right, church right. should be doing yeah it's more just like an educated guess like a hypothesis like what maybe like a guide yeah like it's like, some type of like hey look back you know, this is what we thought. Mm -hmm. I, um, I follow this one Twitter account and they post these like paintings and drawings of what people in 1900 thought that the year 2000 would look like. It is no. incredible. They, the stuff they thought we would have is hilarious because it's totally limited to what they, they had. had. <laughs> so they're like, we're going to have, you know, like moving pictures and <laughs> and and uh like one of them I saw yesterday was like a boat that can also drive on land but it was like on railroad tracks like <laughs> coming out of the water it's just they were so limited and like I feel like we're the same way we're yeah. limited so a lot of what we predict or or forecast is going to be based on what's happening right now yeah um so I think it's just a cool thought experiment um that we could do and just see you know what the audience thinks and just mm -hmm. different things like that but I'm down. Um, you know, what do you think this whole thing will look like in 20 years, Brandon Jackson? Man. Whew, 20 years, man. That's be it's 50 years old. Be it's Uncle crazy. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, it's see, like when I was 
I don't know when I was when I was 16 20 20 felt like forever from from 16 wow dude there's only four years that's so true like it's only <laughs> I mean once you get to a certain age you're like four years is nothing like that's yeah. like, that's a college degree that's mm-hmm. just like it's literally like water in the bucket Been married for four years yes yeah, yeah. It, it becomes a lot smaller mm-hmm. um at one point in your life it's like I'm 16 you're 20 and you're just like you're I'm an adult and you gotta listen to me and you're 16 you're just like I guess you're right and you're just like, you can't say that when you're like 26 and uh, when you're 20, 26 and 40 or and 30. Hmm. Like, you can't really say, you know, I'm 30. You need to listen to me. It's like, yeah. bro, no, shut I'm, up. I'm a grown person. Like, <laughs> I'm grown. You're grown. Yeah. You do you. I do me. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's not 20 years is not far away. Wow. It's not it's really, really that far not. away. It's just two decades. And we've, me and I've you already, both. We already three. lived three. Yeah. So it's just so two it's more. Just, we're getting used to this decade. Yeah, thing. Oh my gosh! So as far as like the church, um, what it's gonna look like, man, I, I don't know. And the thing is, uh, because of cycles, mm. I think that the church is probably gonna like maybe go through a cycle or two mm. before you know before we die. Right. right so right. Uh, at one point, I mean, churches were all meeting in uh, buildings and steeples and like, yeah, like with literally a big cross outside. Yeah, yeah, that was normally what the church looked like. Now mm-hmm. it's just warehouses. Yeah. Like or or now it's actually went from warehouses to like arenas. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. a lot of the churches look like arenas um, where you like go into a concert. Yeah. Um, and we're getting or we feel like we're getting closer to you know going back to the house church, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was already established like in Acts. Yes, and then another cycle. We're yeah. going through another cycle. So mm-hmm. um, I don't. To be honest, I don't really know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that the church would become more intimate, if nothing mm-hmm. else. I just. I want to see a church that like really cares for people and that we get out of this, uh, this facade or like this, um, this really strange, uh, way of like having this presentation or this, mm. uh, these concert church things uh, and no one really connects to the people. Mm. I believe that church. I mean, I, I think it's, I do believe it. This is where the church is going because when I look at generation Z, uh, they are really, they may not be like as connected as we think they should be, mm-hmm. but they are very connected. Yeah. Like through social media, through all, they are very connected. And like a lot of the kids that I minister to now have a like they have a strong sense of empathy. They have a strong hmm. sense of like, um, you know, like, are you really okay? Like they have yeah. like questions, so they won't like let you. If you're really a friend, they won't let you like wallow in your sorrows or like you know do things that are like really dumb i was even talking to the kids from um youth for christ and they were telling me how they like monitor each other texting and driving you know mm. so, and they're like hey uh your phone said you were driving and then this text message came through like are you texting and driving like that's a little that's Yo, an actual conversation that's lit dude in my hood it's like bro text me back now i don't care if you're driving yeah but they have a general con- a gen- genuine concern for each mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. so i believe that the church in 20 years Hopefully, this is just a hope or something that I'm really, really wishing for. Yeah. Is that the church would just be intentional about intimate relationships with each other. Where you care about if the person next to you, sitting next to you, has food in their refrigerator. If the person Mm. sitting next to you has their lights on or even have a place to stay. I believe that the church is is heading that direction from my standpoint, from where (laughs) we are now. Um, But, you know, it depends on what context. Because we live in this right now. Mm Because, like, Jeff and I are part of a house church um and because of that like we see more house churches like when you buy a new car mm. and then you see everybody with that car yeah that's, that's kind of where point. we are that's, that's kind of where point. we are right now so some people may not be in this but i do believe the future 
holds uh, more connectivity, um, even more of a boldness to like speak mm. out. I think a lot of people will be open to, they won't be afraid of what the church has to say about their actions. I mm. feel like they're going to be like, no, God's called me to this and this is what I believe God has said. And even if they're wrong, they're just going to be really bold and like, this is what God is saying to me. They're going to, wow. I think we're going to go into a point where we're going to have like Jeremiah's and Isaiah's like people were doing weird stuff um, <laughs> like on the streets and you're just like, what the heck are you doing? Well, the Lord told me to lay on my side for this long or whatever mm. um, to sleep on my side or to cook my food over poop. Yeah. Um, hopefully no one has to do that. But Or Ezekiel. <laughs> it's terrible. So yeah, yeah I, I see it going. I, I, I don't know. I you believe that's going to go. connectedness. Yeah. I think that's so interesting because like, I just feel, and you said something else that's so interesting to me. Like you said that your youth that you work with have empathy. Mm-hmm. So some of them, yeah. Because what I see, and I think that there's a difference between people in the church, kids in the church, mm-hmm. and like unchurched kids. Because mm-hmm. what I see at my job with middle school kids is a complete lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. Like they are so self-focused yeah I, I guess they're like the the epitome of what the worst of what people think of generation z <laughs> and like i see it's it every really funny, day but, <laughs> but like at the same time there are those pockets of kids who are just like man you're amazing like how you understand people's feelings and you care and you're mm-hmm. not so focused on yourself and you know you can articulate certain things you have these complex thoughts and, and stuff like that so i don't know man i feel like the connection thing is interesting because of social media. So like in 20 years, like I wonder what technology is going to look like Mm -hmm. and what that means for the church. True. Like, are you going to see a rise in like online churches? Are we going to get to the point where we don't meet physically at all? Ooh. Where like you just have like, you know, YouTube live or or Instagram Mm -hmm. live or whatever. And you know, People are there, your reach, you know, you have this huge reach. Everybody's watching at the same time. Everybody's commenting and and stuff like that. You're worshiping together, but you're not physically Mm -hmm. together. I wonder if that will increase or like will, because at the same time right now in 2020, Mm -hmm. I feel like people are starting to realize the negative effects of technology and social media. Mm -hmm. So maybe the cycle will switch back to where it's like, no, no phones in church. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we got to meet in a in a room with no electricity. We're just going to be extreme. Just candlelight, like no AV system, you know, no microphones. I don't know. But no. I feel like we'll have uh, we'll have a connectedness only because, like you said, we're we're in an age where people are starting to notice that social mm-hmm. media is not like it's not a true form of like friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, you hit the friend button, but that doesn't mean you're my friend in real life. Right. And I feel like Generation Z, they are, they are very aware of this. Mm. They're aware of like, okay, even the fact that people always talk about on social media that this is like my highlight reel of life. Like you never see my bad, um, the bad stuff that happens mm. on social media, where they realize this. There's these kids aren't dumb. They're they're very intelligent, and they'll say to you, yeah, like this is my Instagram friend or this is my real friend. And I feel like a lot of our, a lot of our church kids today. They understand this and they hang out on purpose, like in real life. So um, they may be the people that teach those who are outside the church that you really need friendship and you can't do this whole thing online. 
Um, but I do believe there will be a, a huge growth in online churches hmm. uh, because no one really wants to go anywhere. Ah, you know, convenience. nobody really wants, yeah, convenience. Hmm. Um, but there will be a sense of, I can be connected to this church, but I'm connected to this like cell group. Hmm. So it's, I think it's gonna be a little, bit, a little bit of both, but I'm hoping for just more intimacy, like overall. Yeah. I want to see like the intimacy in the churches um, grow. And, um, and honestly, like more, I th- I'm hoping there'd be more transparency. Mm. Like I think people need to I see. I definitely see that increasing yeah. big time. I feel like you have, so in like 20 years, all the young pastors right now, the big ones, mm-hmm. I think of like Michael Todd, Stephen Furtick, you know, they're going to be old, mm-hmm. they're going to be older. Um, and you even see them, they're, they're, they're ushering in this new generation, this new wave of like what being a pastor <laughs> looks like. Yeah. And I feel like I don't I don't know if they're transparent. They seem more they're obviously more transparent than the generation that came before them. Definitely. Right? So I feel like I think I saw a post of like Michael Todd on the toilet. Oh my God. Hey, I was like, that's Pastor, listen, I don't need to I see don't I, know I, why I, this is happening, but I poop just like you. We're just saying, like, no. What? Uh <laughs> I already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like the people that follow them, the kids that are young now, mm-hmm. right? That we're that me and you are training up right yeah. now, basically. Um, their churches are going to look super different. They're going to be, I feel like I agree with you, they're going to be way more like transparent, open. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you're going to see a shift away from being super formal. Like yeah. you're not going to call me Pastor yeah, Pastor. So-and-so. Mm-hmm. You're just going to call me by my first name. Yeah. There's already pastors who do that now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Who I'm are really comfortable with yeah. that. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get off. I don't want to get off topic for that, but like, is that okay? I don't. I don't see why it's a problem. Yeah. Because, like, I, I get you know the <clears throat> Bible says you know they get they should get double honor, mm-hmm. you know, and they should be respected and things like that. But at the same time, you're still just a person. Like true. you're not so true. You know, you're 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 my brother. You're not my dad. Yeah. God is my dad. Mm-hmm. Right? And your dad. And. I heard this yesterday by Uncle Rod. He said, like, the pastor is not the head of the church. Christ is the head. I don't know, I don't we've know been why tre- we've been thinking We've this. been treating pastors as if they're the head and we're the body. Like, yeah. no, Christ like, is the head. Mm-hmm. You're just close to the head. <laughs> right? But you're not the head. No. So I feel like I don't have a problem with the removal of the pedestal or at the very least shortening the pedestal. Yeah. It doesn't need to be that tall. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good analogy. Um, so I'm not super opposed to it. I do worry mm-hmm. about us. It's like a pendulum. Like this whole thing is just a, there's extremes. I worry about swinging so far to being super casual yeah. that we're just like, oh, yeah, you know, just hanging out with, mm-hmm. you know. Doug. John over here, and he's the pastor. Uh, like someone walks in, who's the pastor of this church? And you can't tell. Is that wrong? Though? I don't. I don't know. I'm I, not sure. I'm like I'm here. What you're saying? I'm I, not I do. Sure. I do understand the, the pendulum. Right. Uh, there is a lot of like, or there's a, there's there is a lot of churches who have like too much casualness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in them. Like it's just. I, oh man. Now I'm even contradicting myself. So things I don't, because sometimes I'm thinking, you know, how far is too far? Okay, the pastor needs to be above reproach. So mm, that's, that's like, true. that's the truth of the matter. Yeah, you got to be mm-hmm. above reproach. So people can't think that you're out here like wiling out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you want to avoid that. Right. But at the same time, you don't want to be 
the Pope. Like you don't mm. want to be so high where no one can literally touch you. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's our pendulum swing. Um, and in somewhere in the middle, it's like, am am I close enough to my pastor to be like, yo, uh, I don't want to just hit you up because I'm struggling with something. Right. I want to be close enough to say, hey, hey what are you doing today? You want to go bowling? Yeah. You want to go do this? Like, I don't even know. Like, if you drink or not. Like, if you know your pastor, okay, cool. Like, let's go have a beer or let's mm-hmm. go watch the game where you don't have to feel where. If your pastor walked into your house, you're not doing anything wrong, but it's just like you're, they come into your house. Do you switch up your mm. routine now that mm. your pastor's in the house? Which right. I believe most churches, most most people go to church. Like if your pastor just knocked on your door, it would right. be like, hey, put that away. Do that. Do this. Do this. Yeah. Pastor's here. And you mm. start acting different. Yeah, if you know pastor's coming to the function, is totally yeah. different. The music you play is totally mm-hmm. different. So it's and like, is, is it that, okay? Is that a bad thing? No. I, 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 I think transparency is super important um this is this is tough man this is a tough little little mini topic within this topic (laughs) um i i basically here's the thing though it depends on where we're going as far as the meeting of church right if we're still meeting in big buildings if we're still meeting in arenas in 20 years Mm -hmm. um it's it's going to be different than if we make this huge transition sweeping transition to house churches because if you're in my, if you come into my house, I, I don't care if you're wearing a suit. Uh, like, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be way more intimate, like you said. Anyway, there's probably going to be at the most 30 people in here. Mm-hmm. Right? So we all should intimately know each other anyway. Makes sense. So it's not, the pedestal gets removed when there's intimacy. The Amen. closer we are, the Amen. less of us that there are, the closer in proximity we're at. I know you, bro. I've seen you. Like, yeah. chill. You're not that holy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's good. So like me and you, we can hang out with patient. Yeah. He's our pastor, but we, we hang out, we know him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I've been to his house. Yeah. So it's like, it's totally different than the pastor of the church I used to go to. I'd been to his house like maybe twice in like 20 something years. I, I've Cruise. maybe had two conversations with him, like actual me and him talking. Wow. And it was like very short, just very brief. Like mm-hmm. so, there's there's an automatic separation when you're in a, a bigger mm. setting. Yeah. So if we continue with the big setting in 20 years, I don't know. I'm not sure what that will look like. Um, and then when you add in the online component, I mean, you're yeah. gonna. I feel like it just just hit me. Pastors vlogging. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, hey, church, you know, this is my house. You know, this is our, our, our off day. Here's my son playing, you know, blah, blah, blah. We're making dinner, you know. Just lifestyle. Just, you know, <laughs> pastors becoming YouTubers or whatever. I don't know. Um, oh, man, that'd be great. <laughs> like, we just totally move away from from meeting together. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's if you, on one hand, um, I believe that if your church is too big, um, the only way you can connect to your pastor is like to see him online. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean, I think about Stephen Furtick and Michael Todd. Like, they're not really accessible people, right? Um, if I was to, I don't know. I to be honest, I don't know. So I want everybody to know. <laughs> I don't really know this. This is just like me speculating from what I see. And as far as like Michael Todd, Stephen Furtick, they're they're huge names. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can just be like, hey, uh. Pastor Michael Todd, like my my marriage is struggling, you know. Could you help me out? He's probably gonna. Or she's, you're never gonna get that. He's never gonna get that message. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he'll probably send it to like one of the associates mm-hmm. and people in the church. Yeah, who, like, however, his system is set yeah, up. Yeah, however it's yeah. set up, which is great because like he can't yeah. do all of that right. um, with that with many that people. Big, yeah, it's impossible. So like you know, if he's doing that, that's great. I, I applaud him. Um, but he does put out content that could help you, like, which he came out with his new book, um, Relationship Goals. So mm. there are things that like I believe big pastors are doing to be connected to their churches. But I don't know if that's like if that's helpful to the congregation. Mm. It's not enough. Like you need yeah. someone to like literally walk you hand yeah. by hand. Mm-hmm. Like it's cool to have Side like point. great sermons and good analogies so that it will stick in the minds of people mm-hmm. on how they need to behave throughout life. That is great, and I think Michael Tapp and Stephen Ferg do a great job of like because it helps me. Some of their mm-hmm. sermons are like absolutely like that. Planted not buried. That sermon just wore me out. I listened to like twice. Mm. I'm like, this is I need this in my life. Yeah. But if I ever needed something in my life, you know, I needed that sermon. But if I needed something physically, I they're not accessible. So yeah, well, and, that's where a community comes in. Exactly. And I wonder what community in church looks like in 20 years. Because no. I, I, I feel like there's a shift going to where that's becoming a priority, as it should have always been. been yeah. But I feel like in 20 years, <clears throat> people are going to like, yo, community is it. Yeah. And... And this everybody's is all we gonna, care about. Mm-hmm. Um, it might go into some extreme shift that direction where we've gone a little too far. Hold on, chill. Hold on, come back. Because, <laughs> um, like you said, the cycle kind of moving to your house. Two now. two ten year cycles, two ten year periods. I mean, a Dude. million things can happen. Especially no doubt. things happen faster. I feel like cycles are shorter now. Heck yeah. Um, they're probably gonna get shorter and shorter as time moves on. Dude, things are important one day, and mm-hmm. the next day it's just like yeah. whatever. I mean, the whole fact that Kobe Bryant is no longer on this planet. And that was just, like, two weeks ago. Like, literally. It feels like years already. (laughs) No doubt. And I was watching the All-Star game, and there were, you know, all these tributes, and it was great. But it was just like, wow. Like, like, wow. All right. hmm. That was dope. Yeah. And the fact that people come up with so much stuff about a person so fast. Yeah. uh, It's just crazy. So, yeah, I I think that it's going to change a lot. Um, But, hey, it may not change at all. It may, it may rock the same way uh, for the next 20 years uh, and we'll kind of be like at a standstill. Ooh, so, great point. So, if the church doesn't change in 20 years, how does that impact our impact in the world in 20 years? Given all the different things that we see right now, hmm. whether it's politics, um, the LGBT stuff, you know, just this generation of kids and stuff like that. Like if the church is still doing the same thing, what does that mean for like our Dang. voice in the world when all these things are happening? Trump's Ooh. probably going to get another four years. Oh, he's definitely going to So win. eight years of Trump is going to have a huge impact in the next 20 years. This is true. Long after his presidency. So like, what, is, what do you think this is going to look like? Like what will our impact in the world be will people take the church seriously if we're still doing the same old things no bro to be honest i think if that's the case we failed we've completely mm. failed because if anything is if the church has any voice or any any impact at all then the oh actually to be honest okay maybe it's two things if we don't change but the world does that'd be great that means we're doing something if the world changes like that they get a closer relationship with Jesus and like mm. the the world is like you know moving in a direction that's going towards Christ then yes if then that means what we're doing is working and mm. we're continuing in that way okay but if what we're doing is not working and the world gets worse and the church starts to look more like the world um, or starts looking the same as it did in the 50s mm. then we have a problem because 
imagine church now. Like, imagine if church looked like what it did in the 50s. Yeah, we would not be. No, yeah. not at all. I mean, there was a time where, I mean, it, it's it's dying off to me. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some people in certain other circles, um, they see this as like a prevalent type of preaching, but like shouting as a preacher. Uh, the whole organ playing and the whole like uh, the whole like closing thing, I'm closing now. Mm. All that kind of stuff is uh, for me. It's just like it's a performance. Mm-hmm. Not to say that mm-hmm. that person, the person who is doing it, may be like genuinely praising God. Right. I'm not saying that, right. but to everyone in the audience, it's just a performance, and they're mm-hmm. just like trying to get this uh, emotional reaction out of people, um, and the people want that. And that's you know however that however you worship God that's how you worship God. But right. in twenty years, if we're still doing that, I feel like we we I don't I don't know if that's still like spirit led, yeah. because there's things that are um, culturally beneficial for time, and then as the culture evolves or develops, um, you can start talking to people like regular, and yeah. saying hey you know did you know that Jesus walked the Dusty, Dusty streets of Palestine. <laughs> Did you know he came through forty-two generations of like of people? Did you know? And the thing is, like, I feel like that story—the story is the same. It's not going to change. The story is going to always be the same. Right. This is the way that you present it. So it's methods. Yes. Our methods. Your methods. Our methods are going <laughs> to. Oh, our methods are going to change. They should change. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as the world is changing. Yes, and I think it's clearly changing. Yeah. Um, I just thought about this too, like denominations. Yeah. Like, are we still going to be... I don't think they're going to be a thing in 20 years. I hope not. I don't think so. Like, I, I, I feel like I hope not because if the world is going to see us and take us seriously... They can't see us divided. They're just like, you guys don't even agree on everything, blah, yeah. blah, blah, what's going on? Why should I listen to you? Yeah. Um, And the, the, the what I love about it is... Uh, the reason, no, the reason I love the fact that they most likely won't be around, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is because like you see kids nowadays, they all play together, right. they all go to school together, they right, play football right, together, right. they all worship God, and I think they've come to to the realization that there's no point for us to hang out all week long and then to divide divide on mm-hmm. Sunday, mm-hmm. like no, like kind of like let's go to the same church, and yeah. if our churches don't agree. Then let's find one that does agree for us to be in the same in the same building. Mm. Um, even if there are still denominations, I don't. I don't think there's anything. I think the thing that's wrong is like denominations being divided. So right. like if it's like okay, our majority belief is this, mm-hmm. and this is where we stand, and that's where the church is. That's fine. But like we're not neglecting anybody else. We're not yeah. saying like we don't associate with other people. Yeah, we're not bashing them or. Yeah. Or, no, it's know. like okay, cool. Like I understand how you view worship and I understand how you view um, the gospel and we can agree that Jesus Christ is the only path to salvation. We can rock together all day. Right. So if you speak in tongues and I don't, like I'm not, okay, fine, that's yeah, you. That's you do that. That's one manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and not the, the only one. Exactly. And if you're not yeah. saying, hey, you got to be able to speak in tongues to be about to be saved, bro, we can rock with you yeah. all day. But it, when that changes, then it's like, oh, yeah, I don't know I, if can like, be this close anymore. Yeah, I really hope that we can get to that point. Like, obviously, there's dangers with, oh, yeah, you know, it's fine. Everything's fine. We're just going to accept everybody. Because um, acceptance and, like, tolerance are dangerous things. Yeah. 
there's nothing wrong with with those you know i just tolerate you just tolerance 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 which actually sounds really terrible right it's a terrible <laughs> thing i um, tolerate you i think being able Dang. to uh, what's the word um plur- pluralism is not necessarily a bad thing which was which which pluralism pluralism is like there's just multiple different um, views views or expressions or okay. or you know just ways of of looking at something mm-hmm. right like it's not quite agree to disagree cuz i i don't think that's a good idea but it's just like it's okay that things are a little bit more nuanced they're not so black and white to where right. it's like no right. if you don't speak in tongues you, you know, yeah. it's more like okay i recognize that that is an expression a valid expression. Yeah. But so is not speaking in tongues. No doubt. Right? And we're not condemning each other for it. Obviously, there has to be absolutes. There has to be some close-handed yeah. doctrine type stuff. But, you know, we have enough pluralism to where, like, you know what? It's cool that you're you're this and I'm that yeah. when it comes to certain things. But at least all believe that in Christ and him crucified and things like that. That's what brings the salvation. Yeah. So hopefully that belief is super prevalent in 20 years. You know what? I'm actually, I'm hoping that that is still talked about in 20 years. Hmm. I mean, I, I hear, uh, and it's, does that kind of made me scared? Hmm. I hear a lot of my students, uh, they have like the inclusiveness, you know, they have that pluralism. That's, they want everybody to be a, a part of a dangerous type of pluralism. Yeah. The world but like is pushing. they, I don't, to be 100% honest, I don't hear my kids talk about like Jesus. No. Like the fact that he came, died and like, obviously, you know, our last podcast, I told them, I told y'all that they didn't know the gospel. Right. 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 Uh, maybe like one of my students in the gospel, the rest of them had no clue. So in, and like hearing now, you know, in twenty years, will they be able to to speak the gospel? Will they be able to articulate um, the gospel? And that kind of scares me because I feel like there will be a church, and the Bible talks about it. There will be a, like a oneness of the world. Um, and in twenty years, will the church have assimilated into the world mm. um, so much so that you know, church is just like a I was gonna say Joel's team, but uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. So, Even though you just did, <laughs> but I didn't. Right, right. Uh, but it's gonna be a church where it's like, you know, just be a good person. All you gotta do is just, you know, mm-hmm. love everybody and, um, you know, and and do what is right to you and whatever is right in your own eyes. This is, uh, you know, do you type of mentality, yeah. which is like you said, the, the pendulum thing. Like everything is like pendulum. Yeah, bro. I'm like, yo, there's no. So here's the thing, right? Because we're in the world. That's the pendulum in itself, in the world, but not of the world. Mm -hmm. That's the two extremes, right? Yeah. So we have to balance being in the world, like not being a freaking monastery, separating ourselves from all of society and culture. Yeah. But also not being of the world, right? We should look different. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and Uncle Rod kind of gave me this metaphor. I really like it. It's a thermostat versus a thermometer. Ooh. Let's so go. our danger is is becoming a thermometer. Like wherever we go, we just adapt to that temperature. Mm-hmm. All we do is read what, oh, okay, this room is cold. Okay, well, now we I'm go cold. down. Yeah, yeah. This room is hot. Okay, now I'm hot. Like we just 
mix we just assimilate into the world and we just look like the world we yeah. just totally cool instead of being a thermostat which controls the, the temperature. temperature right so if this room Bars. is hot i'm bringing it down like me as a christian we should always be thermostats wherever yeah. we go we should be like if, if this if people are really upset in here i'm going to come in here and be I'm a peacemaker i'm going to calm things down mm-hmm. people are really sad i'm going to come in here i'm going to lift their spirits give them some hope bring it up like yeah we should be controlling the temperature, not just Amen. mimicking it, right? So Amen. I feel like the church, we have to find a way to do that in the future. Um, otherwise, we're going to be in danger of, of, like you said, this super in- hyper-inclusiveness, hyper-pluralism mm-hmm. to where we're not preaching the gospel anymore. We're yeah. not preaching hard truths. We're not preaching absolute truths anymore. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to appease everyone around us. So you just have to, you know, figure out how to balance that. Like, how do we, because it, there's so many hot button issues True. that are hot button right now. True. Right. They're not going away. Um, like transgender. Yeah. Transgender, LGBTQ, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. It's not going anywhere. And I wonder, like, what the future of that topic is in the church, like, like what are we gonna do hmm. about it? Because it's it's a big thing. It is, and it's, it's not big, getting any smaller anytime yeah, soon. It's a big thing for you know the youth that we work with, which mm-hmm. are the future of the church. So like, what do we do with that? Oh, man, uh, so one thing I've noticed is um, with the LGBTQ plus community is. Um, they already have like inclusiveness, right? Like they already uh, adopt this uh, the the culture of like That's loving people. Yeah, it's like we yeah. love, we just love people. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know why the church lost that, but yeah. like we should we need to learn that from our brothers and sisters. And the fact is, like everyone is created in the image of God, mm-hmm. and we kind of we as a church we can't forget that we can't keep pretending like some people are worse than others. It's like no, mm-hmm. no, no, you're mm-hmm. just as guilty and wrong and. Um, fact of the matter is like we were all born wrong and because of that we have to uh we have to recognize that you know we're all falling short and we need to love people where they are we can't change them and then love them that's not what that's that's not where we're heading to so um when i think about like inclusiveness i think the church needs to be more open um to everybody like just Mm -hmm. more open and like just Look, we have questions. There's things we don't understand. And then just be honest, man. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, honesty and, like, transparency and openness is what's going to win hearts and, like, win people. Yeah. And when you can't when you can't do that, like, I, I feel like right now the church is still struggling with this issue, which is, which I understand. Like, um, homosexuality and um, and, the, and transgender, these, these are, like, little issues, but these are still people still mm-hmm. struggling. Yeah. The same way we are struggling, but, like, yeah. we have a community that's pointing us toward God, towards God, um, whereas another community may not be pointing you towards God, um, just, like, living your own life. But the truth of the matter is, if we believe that we have a monopoly on salvation, which is true with Jesus Christ, we don't mm-hmm. have it, mm-hmm. but Jesus is the monopoly on right. salvation. Right. If you want to get to heaven, if you want to have, um, if you want to understand your purpose in life, like Jesus has that for you. Right. I think we need to include our brothers and sisters who who identify differently than we do. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be something where we're like, oh well, 
um, you know, you guys think this way, so you can't really be a part of this. Or right. we don't want to offend you, so we're just not going to ask you to come. Mm. I found it to be more freeing when you just ask the questions. The same way you would ask a question about someone who struggles with pornography. Right. Or the same way you would ask questions about a person that struggles with gambling. Like, mm-hmm. what's it like to be addicted to pornography? Mm. What's it like to be addicted to gambling? What's it like to be homosexual? What's yeah. it like to be transgender? And when you hear the responses, you'll find out these, that people are way more human and are way more uh, just like you yeah. than you would ever think. Not sure. Like, none of us are sure. Come on, bro. Um, in anything that we have. Like, like it's a scary topic. Mm-hmm. It's a scary topic for a Christian because... We know the backlash. We know the response. We know, like, I literally had a kid, one of my students. Um, he just asked me point blank, oh, wait, you're a Christian, right, Mr. Copeland? I was like, yeah. He goes, that means you hate gay people, right? Dang. And I was like, what? no. What? what? <laughs> but that's what people think. That's exactly what they think. That's what they think of us. And we've given them that. We've, we've given, given them, them ample reason. And yeah. it's like, no, we don't hate them. No. I think what we don't do is we don't ask them enough questions. Mm-hmm. We don't try to get to know them. We don't try to we don't try to understand them. That's the problem. Um, and man, we're like a fr- like honestly, we're the ones that are actually afraid. Like, <laughs> I hate to use that whole homophobia because I think that's just such a stupid term. Mm. Like, it's 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 targeted to try to make you seem like a bad person. Like, well, yeah. you're afraid of us. Yeah. Do you know what a phobia is, sir? Yeah. It's a scientific, like, documented fear, fear of something. something. Like, yeah. chill. I don't have a phobia of you. <laughs> right? But the fear is not being accepted. Mm. Right? Because we know that the Bible that we have, our, our book that guides our lives, yeah. right, that introduces us to God, um, says some very Explicit. absolute yeah. things about homosexuality. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and they're very unpopular and they will continue to be unpopular. Mm-hmm. They're probably going to grow in their unpopularity. No doubt. Um, in the next 20 years. But the same way so, yeah. it is for them or for the homosexuality uh, statements in the Bible, so is every other sin. Right. So it's like, I, I, don't, I don't want anyone who, who struggles with homosexuality or who struggles with same-sex attraction, um, in either way, transgender or not, I don't want you to think that like, you're the... Like you're the only people struggling, like yeah. or you're like the worst, of the worst the of the worst. strugglers. No, yeah. like this is the message that the church is, and this is what I'm hoping would happen in 20 years, mm-hmm. that people would start to ask questions mm-hmm. and just be honest and open and transparent and say, "Yo, I don't understand like homosexuality, and you're my only friend who like identifies as either a homosexual or or same sex attracted person." Mm-hmm. You're the only person I know, so can I ask you some questions about this? Yeah. Which I just feel like, as a church, we just don't do. Yeah. I think almost everybody. I think almost everybody um, in church has like experienced homosexuality uh, or or homosexual person in some way, mm-hmm. some same sex attracted person. Mm-hmm. I have many students that are. Yeah, but like we. Like when was the last time you asked them a question the same way you asked? Someone, one of your other friends who struggled with yeah. a certain thing, mm-hmm. uh, even if it was identity issue or if it was something just as, uh, as simple as, or not simple, but something as um, as ongoing as social media addiction. Mm. Like, we ask questions to understand, but then right. when we stop asking questions, it means we don't want to understand. Mm-hmm. And this is what I believe the LGBTQ 
plus community is now looking at when they look at the church. They're like, look, we've asked y'all questions. We've went mm-hmm. down. We've said, you know, what does God think about this? And the fact of the matter is sometimes, yes, the, the LGBT community has asked the wrong questions. Mm-hmm. But, like, the church has responded the wrong way almost every time. Yeah. And this is where I'm thinking, like, in the 20 years that because of the inclusiveness um, that is already happening in, in this country, I'm hoping that it'll it'll continue, but it will continue, like, with a, with a grounded foundation in Jesus mm. Christ. And then with also, like, open arms to anyone yeah. who is weary mm-hmm. and burdensome and wants to come to Christ. And no yeah. one's saying change first and then come. Or it's like, yeah. no, come. Let us get to know you. Let us love on you. Let us let us show you the same type of respect and dignity yeah. that everybody else is being shown in the church. And let's not ostracize or or, or uh, segregate you from everybody else. Yeah. That's where I feel like we've kind of, like, missed it. I love that. I think, um, to me... This is another evidence of, like, the benefit of a house church. Amen. Because, like, when you're in a giant gathering, a giant setting, man, that just lends itself to just bad responses, negativity, judgment, clickiness. I mean, not that a small gathering doesn't have those same issues Mm -hmm. because humans are still involved. True. But, like... I feel like it's easier to be more open and loving and have real conversations when you're in a smaller setting. Yeah. Um, I think what hopefully gets communicated, and I really hope that our podcast can help, can be a guiding force mm-hmm. 20 years from now people can come back to this. That's one reason why we're recording is to, for this to be available to future generations. Yeah. They can come back and listen to this and realize that like every single human being must be born again. Amen. As we were listening to that Sam Oliveri clip earlier before we started recording, it's like we don't really understand the the significance of that phrase, born again. Mm -hmm. It literally signifies that the first time all of us were born, we were born wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we were born broken. We were born sinful. We were born like not correct. Amen. Right. All of us are sexually broken. Yep. Every single person is sexually broken and some it just manifests itself in a different, different way. way. Hey. Right? And so You better preach Jeffrey Copeland. Listen, I've, you I've, better preach. I've taught this to kids before. Um, it was very interesting. Hmm. But just understanding that like all of us in this room, all of us in this world are sexually broken in some way. So we all need to be changed. Like not just you mm-hmm. LGBTQ+ plus person, but me as well. Yeah. Like we are all in the same boat in that we need to be born again. We need a whole new self, whole new heart, whole new mind. We need to renew our minds. Mm -hmm. The way we see everything needs to be changed and we cannot do it ourselves. Right. Only Christ can do that for us. And then all of us are hoping for a new body. We're waiting for a new body where we won't have to deal with these things anymore. But we need to just help each other in the time being to realize that not everything that we are born with is correct. Our yeah. urges, our thoughts or are given by God, right? Or God given. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's a really good point. Um, and there's a whole lot of questions that come with that. Mm-hmm. And we should be open enough to have these conversations and answer these questions or realize, Hey, I don't have all the answers. Yeah. Um, I recognize this is hard. This is a hard, it's not easy at all thing. It would be very convenient and easy if God said, oh, yeah, you can be gay. It's cool. Go ahead. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Like, 
But unfortunately, he didn't say that. Yeah. And then we don't have to wrestle with more yeah. questions like, do I have to only have one wife? Or can mm-hmm. I be out here sleeping with everybody? Mm-hmm. Um, as a heterosexual, can I be mm-hmm. out here just doing my own thing? Yeah, heterosexuality is not superior to homosexuality. And heterosexuality is not the cure for homosexuality. Mm-hmm. This exactly. Is, this is like what everybody think yeah. everybody's you thinking. You just got to you gotta reverse. You got to turn you back straight. Yeah. No. Be all right. like, like, no. I don't. I think that God is going to lead people down their own path. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you struggle with are unique to you mm-hmm. for you to see God. I don't think that God puts uh, the struggles in our life for us just to struggle, but they're to help us understand how much he is chasing after us, mm. how much he's like trying to get us to see how much he loves us. Um, I think the issues in our lives, they are only issues until we seek him. Once mm. we have him, then your issues don't really seem an issues. They're more like, God, what are you trying to say? Yeah. Like, I'm not really understanding what's going on, but like, I know you're trying to talk to me, but in what way? Yeah. Like this is happening to me. Like this is how, this is how I see my life. And I see it this way because I now have a relationship with the one who created me mm. and I don't see problems as problems. I see them as lessons. Like God is trying to teach me something. Yeah. I'm enduring this for a certain reason, for a yeah. purpose. Um, and whatever that is, that's up to God. And yeah. that's between me and him on how to figure that out. Yeah. And at the very least, we acknowledge that the world that we're living in, even 20 years from now mm-hmm. is fallen and broken and the creation is broken. So it's not going to be, as it should be true and i think what we have to all acknowledge whether now or in the future is that that thing in the back of our mind that tells us that things are not the way they should be be. we have this feeling of like things ought to be like this Mm -hmm. but they're not like listen to that no doubt (laughs) because that's true it's true like god is is like yeah you're right things are not the way they should be Mm um and that that is from God. Yeah. Right. And I think the the cool thing is Jesus experienced the same type of identity mm. crisis. Oof. Like we all think that, oh, you know, Jesus didn't struggle with identity issues, but he did. I more mean, more than anybody, more than anybody. Mm-hmm. He was a spirit in heaven outside of time mm-hmm. with an incorruptible body mm-hmm. or incorruptible, whatever spirits yeah. have mm-hmm. and had to take on a human body mm-hmm. that was corruptible yeah that was hungry hungry tired felt pain thirst all kinds of this stuff that he never had to experience before Mm -hmm. and then limitations yeah he would never he never experienced i mean i gotta walk i gotta (laughs) i gotta walk if i want to be there i gotta walk there i can't just like be will myself there. like no you have to walk you have to do all this stuff you have to endure and like i don't even know what it was like for like i don't know what it's like to can't, I don't have really been God yeah so I can't <laughs> be God but I don't know what it's like just like any person like with identity issues I've, I know I've had identity issues before I just never like really thought about them mm-hmm. um, but there are people who are struggling every single day like with yeah. who am I or what am I mm-hmm. and it's like yo God himself Jesus himself struggled like okay I know what I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. it wasn't like I don't I know, exactly know what I'm, what I'm I know exactly what I'm supposed to be I know exactly who I am mm-hmm and I still have to endure life mm-hmm. in this way. I still have to go through life um, in this in this form, in this body. Yeah. And he did it so that he could obtain the regular or, yeah, really, the truth is his regular body. He, mm-hmm. he had to go through all of life to obtain what he was purposed to be. Yeah, and also to attain salvation for, for us. For everybody else to be what to we were get, supposed to be. Exactly. So 
Yeah. So he 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 experienced a mismatch, or he experienced um, like a gap in like mm-hmm. who he was right now, or when he was living on this, when he was walking on this planet. Mm-hmm. A gap between who he was walking on this planet and who he was meant to be. Yeah, who he um, felt. Who he felt he was. Yeah. Um, so this is not. It's this is a. It's not foreign to God. It's not foreign like to God at understands. all. Understands. Um, I think. No matter what, no matter what we are dealing with, moving towards the future, mm-hmm. I hope people can understand that, like, this. We all have to understand. I forgot what I was gonna say. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it was gonna be really dope. It sounds like it's gonna be I was deep, trying deep. to get it back, but it's not coming back. But like, just the whole born again thing is super important, and it just is. understanding that, like, like, oh, I got it. Is what you said earlier. Like, we did not make ourselves. Mm. So no matter what we are dealing with, like, we have, we cannot look to us That's for the answer to define what we should be. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I feel like I should be this. Like, again, like, no matter what it is. The inventor has to define what the invention's purpose is, mm-hmm. right? So we cannot look to ourselves. We cannot look to other people. We have to look to what the inventor of us says our purpose is, no matter what we feel, Amen. right? It's not about what we feel. Um, I think the main difference between the Christian and, and somebody who's not Christian and they're struggling with the LGBTQ plus or whatever mm-hmm. is... Like they trust what they feel, yeah, and they don't see it as a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I think like, not supposed to be. Yeah, I think that that difference is not going away. That may be a hindrance. That may be a a divider between the church, the future church, and the LGBT community. Hmm. Um, one thing I was thinking about with all the stuff we're talking about, as far as inclusiveness and all that stuff, is like. Again, it's that balance between, you know, at some point, the, we're not going to be popular in the world. Yeah. They're not going to like us. They're not going to agree with us. Like, that's not the that's not our goal. Mm-hmm. Our goal is not to be liked and by agreed everyone. with by everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, our goal is to stick to what God said, stick to his truth, and try to love people and show them the love that God has for them. Yes. Like, we are meant to be his love in the world. Mm-hmm. Like we're meant to be like, Hey, like this is me. This is like, I am me loving you is, is God loving you actually yeah. through me. Right. I'm just evidence that God loves you. All mm-hmm. we're meant to be is evidence that God loves the world. That's what the church is supposed to be. Amen. Um, it's like up that. to the world to accept that love. Mm-hmm. Right. And not everybody's going to. Yeah. And we have to be okay with that. 20 years now, I do think we have to really examine our methods and I don't know how you determine if it's working or not, but we should constantly be asking ourselves, Hey, is what we're doing working Yeah, for the world that we're in? I think it would take a, I mean, it would, it would literally take an actual case study or it's like mm-hmm. years of documentation. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure you'd find out that we would be failing. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> the thing is we are not result oriented. Like we're not looking to just like create a result. Be. We shouldn't should be. Not be yes. um, but the idea is, I don't care if it took six hundred people to get one person to accept the fact that they were made in the image of God, mm-hmm. and that He has created them for a purpose, and their purpose is solely dependent on Him. Mm-hmm. If one, if it took six hundred people 
and six thousand dollars to do that for one person that's that's the win that is the that is the purpose that is the that needs to be seen as success i don't care if that happened one time in a 20 year span Mm. like whatever god was doing in that in that moment like we see it as insignificant and small because we're here but like the way god sees it is like he's saying no no i I'm, I purchased this person mm-hmm. with my life. Oof. Like this is not your little measly six thousand dollars. Your measly six hundred people, not the people of measly, but mm-hmm. the effort of these six hundred yes. people. You don't understand how valuable this one person is to me. So wow. I will use a nation to get one person, use. or I'll use one person to bring a nation. Oof. Either way, I'm God is saying the focal point is me. Yes, not you. Not you. You just do whatever whatever you feel as I am speaking to you. Mm-hmm. If you make your effort, that's, that's, that is the success. Yeah. Your obedience is the success. I don't care if no one else sees it. Your yeah. obedience is the success. And I hope and I'm praying even right now as I'm speaking that the Lord would just like put that into the heart of the church today. Mm-hmm. That their obedience is success so that we stop looking at it at numbers and we stop looking at it as like how many people are coming or how big it becomes or how many people know about it, that it just becomes, you know, we're doing this solely for God to get glory. We don't even understand our our significance in this huge plan. Wow. But um, we're just going to walk in what God has called us to um, and look at it that way. Because the truth of the matter is, in 20 years, if the church does not become more inclusive and does not include uh, or is not welcoming to people outside of its general parameters, hmm. then I believe the church is doing itself a disservice, hmm. not just to itself, but to the people who need to hear the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I just feel like as Christians, sometimes we exclude people from the gospel because yeah. they it's like, oh, they're too far gone. They're, they're gay. So we can't tell them about Jesus. Like, who said, yeah. Like who, who said they, that yeah. they, that they won't accept it. I mean, if you were a, I don't know. This just came to my mind. It's probably not true at all. But if you're like a frat dude and you're out here sleeping with a gang of women, that could be a cover up of how insecure you are as a person. And you're waiting for someone to give you some hope and mm-hmm. saying, no, you're enough, bro. Like, you don't have to be out here doing all this. Yeah. And that that conversation then brings you to a relationship with Jesus, which helps you find one woman that you spend the rest of your life with. And you have children and you raise them in the fear of God. That is a huge thing to someone who may think, oh, that person's too far gone. Mm. If we can just say, you know what? Because I love humans. Yes. Because God loves humans. Yes. I'm not going to limit who he wants me to speak to. Wow. The church, I believe, in 20 years is going to be bold enough to say that. And also, they're going to be bold enough to be like, hey, I know like you and your, like, I know you and your girlfriend are lesbian, but like, do you want to come to church with me? Yeah. And it's like, they won't be afraid to do that because they know at their church they won't be singled out. Hmm. Like people aren't going to talk about them behind their back. Yeah. Like imagine what that would look like. I mean, I understand like it's it is crazy and it's weird. Yeah. But if the reason that gay people don't come to church a lot is because they don't feel welcome, and yeah. is that that's wrong for us as a church yeah. to make anybody feel unwelcome? And I think in twenty years, <laughs> the church needs to say everyone is welcome. The same yeah. way Jesus said. All who are weary and heavy laden, like that didn't exclude people who were mm-hmm. having orgies in churches or whoever who who were like in these certain 
cults and stuff. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't just go to the churches that were. He actually went to like some of the worst churches. Yeah, the church in Corinth was crazy yep. wild. Yep, and it's like if he was like able to say, you know what? I know these. I know this church is out here like sleeping with everybody and sleeping with everything. But I'm gonna go there anyways and tell them the gospel. And then that church's letter gets put in the Bible. Like, wow. come There's on. Probably multiple letters. We only got two of them. We only got two of them. Yeah. Um, dang, that's good, bro. I think uh, we just have to set up, hopefully, the future church. This is probably the last point we're going to make. Yeah. Hopefully, the future church is set up in a way to where if a lesbian couple is invited and walks in, that they can have a genuine discussion with those people mm-hmm. and, like, talk to them, get to know them. Yeah. And still stick to the truth mm-hmm. the gospel the bible what god says um and and just just still be loving still be open and just just be what it is just just acknowledge what it is this is kind of awkward for us mm-hmm. um but like we love you enough because like we to like make an effort yeah and the thing is um, i want you i want people to say i want people to be honest and say like this is weird mm-hmm. for us yeah or this is weird for me but like we don't have to bring up the Bible at all right now. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to talk about nothing. Like I know you guys going to church, um, the sermon. You know how they speak to you, whatever. That's great. We don't have to go into the. We don't have to go into changing you right this moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like or or trying to convince you right this moment. Mm-hmm. How about we just say, okay, I'm gonna love you, and then see what and see how the Lord guides me mm-hmm. in sharing the gospel with you. Yeah, and see how the Lord guides you and like yeah. speaks to you. Um, and just see what yeah, we like. We really don't trust the power of the Holy Spirit. No, come on, bro. Um, That's I the really truth. hope that in the, the future church does that, um, that we actually make room for the spirit. Yeah, man. I feel like we could do a part two on this mug. No doubt. There's man. some stuff that I feel like we didn't get to, but this was just a really interesting, cool, fun thought experiment. No doubt. Um, that could go a million different ways. Hey, for the future church, though, like if you listen to this and it's <laughs> like 2030. Um, real talk, love people. If yeah. you could tell, if we can give you anything that we failed at in the beginning and like what our parents failed at is just loving people mm-hmm. for real, like loving yeah. people for them, um, not loving them to change them. I just think that through the power of God, you loving them, God can change yeah. them. The love will change them. The love of God will change them. And just love them. Just love them. Yeah. Like love them, hug them, let them know that like you're there. Um, let them cry on your shoulder when they want to talk about, like if it's a lesbian couple, which I found this is, uh, some of the last thing I'm gonna say, I promise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I heard a story uh, from one of my teenagers, uh, who, her, her and her girlfriend broke up, and she was like devastated. Yeah. So she went to uh, her youth pastor at the time, and was like, "Yo, me and my girl broke up," and like I'm like devastated. And then the youth pastor was like, "Oh, well, that's you know that's God's plan. God wanted you to." And it's like, dude, are you serious? You missed an opportunity. Like, this person is hurting because yeah, they lost someone they really cared about. Yeah. Or, like, broke up with a person they really cared about. And the first thing you come out is, like, this is God's plan. Oh, bro. Like, you wouldn't do that for anybody else. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, I think that loving humans is literally what God has given like us the power to do. Because it's really not our own strength on loving our neighbor. It is, like, the power of God that makes us, that helps us to love them. And love them the right way, not the way that we want them to like be loved. Right. Yeah, man. That's that's so, yeah. good. So, uh, <sighs> man, family, <laughs> let us know what you think, please. Um, to those of you guys who listened this long, 
who get to the end of the episodes. <laughs> we really appreciate y'all. Oh, y'all the yeah. real ones. Um, y'all my best friends. <laughs> yeah, but like, we would love to talk about this, and and we're definitely gonna do something else with we this got another you. part two or something. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, love you. Still not sure if there's gonna be episode the week after this one, but we'll figure it out. Maybe. You'll know because there will be one or there won't be one. <laughs> So, uh, in the meantime, have a great rest of your week. We love you guys. Love y'all. Take care. Peace. Peace out. Just another brother off the boat. Off the boat, yeah. You ain't for the family, guess it shows. Guess it shows, yeah. All these friends are low-key like my foes. Like my foes, yeah. No, I don't want to talk, I want the smoke. Hey, hey. Just another brother off the boat. Off the boat, yeah. You ain't for the family, guess it shows. Guess it shows, yeah. Low key like my phone.